Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. Hi, everyone. It's Roxanne Durhaj. Thanks for tuning in again to Authentic Living with Roxanne. Today, I have a colleague, Kamalis Lardy. Kamalis and I, uh, I think, met almost a year ago at the Forbes uh, Women's Executive Council, of which she was the chair, and um, I have since uh, taken on that role. So Kamalis brings a breadth and depth of um, uh, knowledge in as a strategic and bold thinker in digital and business transformation. She's been in, uh, in this role for about, I believe, about 23 years. Um, and she's a teaching fellow at Durham, and she's a keynote speaker. And she's recently um, released her new book. And Kamalis, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me, Roxanne. It's, it's been a pleasure getting to know you as well. So Kamalis, you know, I should also tell you, let you know that Kamalis uh, did a, a, a testimonial on my book, which was so lovely for her to uh, spend the time with her busy schedule and her uh, young family. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, when we were kind of talking prior to starting uh, with the recording, we talked a little bit about what um, digital transformation is, because I think even myself, I'm in the middle of it, but to be able to definitively define that. It's been something that I think a lot of people kind of think it's, you know, that's just kind of, you know, the tech changes that you keep current with and what you do. But obviously, you, be, you being an expert, share with us um, what digital transformation really is. Absolutely. Um, so it might surprise you to know, Roxanne, that digital transformation is not a new topic. It's actually been around since the 70s and 80s. As long as we've been using technology in the business world, digital transformation has been a topic for many companies. And I've been in you know, the tech implementation space for large organizations since the 90s. And I've seen technology transform the way we do things in business. Um, what has happened though in recent years over the last decade or so is technology development has, um, has rapidly um, developed, or technology has developed rapidly so rapidly that it's created opportunities for companies to develop exponential scale, exponential growth. And we're seeing such massive changes in the markets. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed is almost on a daily basis, we're seeing new technology breakthroughs come out that are transforming the way we do things in business. And so digital transformation really is the application of technology for organization-wide change. And this does not just include implementing a technology solution. Many business leaders and companies tend to think it relates to uh, rollout of a technology solution, the silver bullet solution that's going to solve their business issues. It's actually the, you know, technology in the sense has massive impact on the way we do things. It can accelerate business outcomes. But digital transformation relates to organization-wide change. That means looking at how your organization operates today, how you access your customers, the kinds of operations you have, the skill level of the people in the organization and how they work, and transforming this towards a digital future with the help of technology. So it allows companies to really create more value in the market 
within a shorter time span with less costs and to create real hyper-personalized experiences for their customers with these new technologies. So one of the most challenging things about this, you know, over 80% of companies that are trying to implement digital transformation, they do tend to fail. And that's because they tend to underestimate the value of technology. They underestimate the um, the one of the most key elements in this digital transformation concept, which is the people side of things. People can make or break any technology implementation, any strategic implementation in any organization. And so over the last two decades, I've observed companies almost underestimate the value of the people side of digital, um, the human factor. And this is what drove me to write the book, The Human Side of Digital Business Transformation. You know, it's so interesting as we were just talking about how many synergies with my new book, which has been out, but is an in soft launch and will come uh, for a full lunch uh, in a month or two. And, and Kamaralis, and there was so much, we knew that we had some synergies, we had talked a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about the people side, right? Now, before we jump into that, Kamalis, what what got you into digital transformation? Did you, I mean, I'm trying to picture a six-year-old saying, one day when I grow up, I want to do X, Y, Z in working with technology. What was it that, uh, what was your path that got you kind of here in um, as a, you know, a digital transformational um, business consultant? What, what? So I'll, I'll be very honest with you, uh, Roxanne, when I was uh, maybe nine, 10, uh, or perhaps even older, um, I was obsessed with the X-Files. And I was obsessed with <laughs> becoming an <laughs> FBI agent. <laughs> so all I knew was Agent Dana Scully wore really cool suits and everyone respected her. And so that was my dream at the time. Um, but, you know, I almost came into the technology field uh, by accident. I was always encouraged to go into uh, more female uh, centric jobs, you know, marketing, HR, things like that, or even, even into uh, nursing or being a doctor and stuff like that. Um, but something about technology, uh, and you know, this was the 90s, we, we got our first desktop computer in somewhere around 96 or 95. Um, and so something about it just attracted me. And I, so I decided to pursue an education in computing and information systems. And I realized that um, programming was something that I was very good at. Uh, structured thinking, breaking problems down into smaller pieces, addressing those pieces, um, using programming languages to resolve, uh, you know, the, the satisfaction that you get when you resolve something or when you compile a programming language and it, it turns out to be correct. Um, I, I don't know. These are things that I was really passionate about. And so I completed my studies in, in a very, very tech-centric field. And when I started looking for a job, I was actually poached by Accenture. And back then they were called Anderson Consulting. Um, and I was very much attracted to the cool consulting image, you know, and they had a really strong brand as well. And I found marrying the, the topics between business consulting, working with clients to resolve problems and bringing technology in to resolve the business issues to create value. This is something I became very passionate about. And so I've stayed in that field for over two decades. Mm. Um, and I'm still extremely passionate about it. And what I find today is the capabilities of technology, I call myself a technology optimist because I think technology can and will solve a lot of problems and create so much value for the global masses if done correctly. And this is something that completely drives my passion. Wow. So, so you'd really, 
you know, Agent Scully didn't realize the impact that she was having on you as a little, little girl. But but ultimately, you found something that you were passionate about, What I, which I often, you know, so many people, their path, they don't get to be able to actualize some of the things that you're able to do. And again, likewise, myself, I've been really, really fortunate. Um, and my path was that I wanted to you know, be able to make people feel better based on some of the things that I had seen relatively early. And ultimately, I'm, you know, when I work with leadership, it's about having them come in contact with their purpose and their voice. So it's interesting how, you know, as little children, uh, the the ideas that you uh, spurn, right? you having. Absolutely. And, and I got to wear the cool suits as well. So <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those suits on, on LinkedIn. So let's then go to, um, you know, the elements. Uh, we, we're talking about people and, you know, I, you know, in years when I was in corporate, so I'm going to date myself into the eighties and and the nineties, this element of, you know, um, you know, servant leadership or, or um, shoulder to shoulder was, it was a, like kind of the thing. It was like too, um, it was too soft, right? Like, you, you know, you go in, I would report to boards, uh, you know, and oftentimes Roxanne's personality had to stay at the front door. And be able to deliver on, you know, it was about uh, trending analysis on um, health and wellness strategies for huge companies. And I would always say there was something missing, right? You know, you that connection and you're dealing with people. And we were told, no, don't, no, no real relationship. Just know what the customer needs. Look, look at the bottom line. Look at the industry. What is the trending analysis? What's a SWOT analysis? And you keep going in that way. That element, it's so refreshing, I can tell you, and I'm not in corporate anymore, to see the element of all the things that I knew when I was in corporate that was missing in in my internal space so it's so nice to hear like uh, even on digital transformation or even on the end that I work with leadership around um you know mental resilience that we're actually starting it's we're, we have permission to be at the table to have this discussions um with boards and things like that so let's talk about you said the people end of um, transformation so tell me more about that and what you've kind of um you know done with people in transformation to your point you're 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 exposing companies to what is new but that's not the only thing that you're doing with technology let's talk about the people end and how that fits in and kind of the the path um to mm-hmm. digital transformation I, I mean what i've experienced over the the time that i've worked with organizations um since the late 90s early 2000s companies have always put a lot of faith into technology solutions. Um, And we find that there's always a challenge with getting those technologies executed. Um, You know, and one of the things that I've observed myself is if you don't take people on a journey, if they're not convinced about what those technologies are, whether it's your internal employees, your teams, or even your customer base, they're not going to use it to the maximum value that you intend for it. Um, and, you know, within, within organizations, what I've observed is when we implement a tech solution, and it can be the, the most inspiring, the best solution in the market, even the Rolls Royce of solution, the best that could be out there, if the people are not bought onto it. Um, I've experienced that people tend to fall back on what they're comfortable with and what they know and what they feel is going to bring value for their daily business. And so linking back any solution or any strategy to what people do and how they use it is the most important thing. But taking it a step further in digital transformation, you want to get people to advocate for those solutions, not just use them, but tell other people. And this is one of the strengths that we've seen over the last uh, 15 years since social media has been out in the market. One of the best elements of social media is word of mouth. 
Mm-hmm. Right, people telling other people what to use, when to use, how to use it. And it could be a stranger across the globe that you've never met, but you take their word for it because they've used it in the experience. And that's the advocacy that we want to look for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so taking these experience into in, in mind, as I started working more with leadership teams, C-level teams, as well as board members and guiding them in leading organizations that are becoming more and more digital, uh, accepting more of these kind of digital adoption. What I started to realize is it's not just the people using the technology, but it's the people leading and driving organizations as well. So the key element around the human factor or the people side of digital transformation is creating an ecosystem of stakeholders or people that are working together towards a similar direction. Within your organization, you have leadership teams, business owners, board members, you have uh, employees and you have teams of people working together and external to your organization, you have not just your customer base, but also partners, collaborators, and service uh, providers, all of these people working together to create mutual benefit towards a digital future. And companies that are able to create this ecosystem of players that are working together are the ones that really truly are going to succeed in the digital future. We're going to see these ecosystem players really becoming quite common as well. If you look at within the blockchain space, What we do find is oftentimes within industries, we have consortiums being created. And these are ecosystems of um, co-opetitions, right? Uh, Companies that would typically be um, competing with each other, coming together for a cooperation and creating a consortium environment where they work together to build a common solution. And this is something that we see digital transformation and new technologies driving more in in the future. And so all of these elements, it's not so easy to create that environment. I think it is really about transforming your organization at different levels, transforming your um, the employee base or the people in the organization, creating more digital skill sets or developing more digital skill sets for them, enabling more technology use for better collaboration, for better connection and interactions, communication, as well as then transforming leadership teams, the traditional corporate environment that you talked about earlier, where we saw uh, traditional leadership capabilities, those things are transforming in the current digital space. Uh, Leadership teams in the past, we used to uh, demand for more, um, I'd like to say masculine skills, right? Directive, very uh, pointed skills where the person who's leading or in charge in the room is the one directing the team, directing decisions. Mm -hmm. We've shifted into an environment where knowledge is democratized. Digital literacy is now uh, democratized. There's more digital literacy in the room. Oftentimes, more digital literacy with the employee base, with more junior staff than with leadership teams. And so leadership teams have been forced into an environment to transform the way they lead these new teams and the way they lead organizations in the future. So this shift, I find, is very refreshing as well. Well, amazing, because you you may have somebody very, very junior and they're coming in with massive, so it's not about skill set deficits. So you're going to have a different conversation in that you're you're going to have someone coming in and sharing something. So as the leader in the in the old school, to your point, the leader generally had the information that they would be able to pass on and decide, uh, you know, through the level for starting it from the C-suite all the way up down to the front line. But that's definite. So that's de-siloed, really, to some degree. Um, you're seeing a lot of de-siloing within organizations where now. Um, someone just starting could be very, very junior, but they may have uh, lots more capacity than maybe somebody that's been there for a long time or equally the same. 
So that's an interesting dynamic if you think about that around a boardroom, right? And then ultimately, how do you then um, capitalize on that um, that information um, in the marketplace? Like, how do you? And you, I love the word ecosystem because, to some degree, it's it's taking that pulse of your environment and deciding, mm-hmm. you know, kind of with my, in my book, what I talk about is you have to figure out what is really going on with leadership first, because to go on this transformative journey, which I would love to talk more about, I often start with what, where is the leadership team, where they are, are in the five areas that I talk about. So with you, tell me your process um, when working with a, an organization, what, how, what's the, you know, I know there's some six, um, you know, uh, traits that you talk about, but even prior to that, what's the space, how do, when you go into an environment, um, what's kind of your process to deal with, with, with uh, an environment? So I I first have to preface every company is different and unique. Um, They may be in the same industry, they may be in the same business, um, but it's unique because every company has their own culture, their own dynamics, their own value system, um, their own kind of set of, of um, elements that are dynamic, that drive the, the organization, right? It's like a well-oiled machine that functions in a certain way. Um, so one of the first things that I do and, and the methodology that I've described in the book, it is a guide. It provides a guide for teams to navigate through digital transformation, but it is flexible enough in the sense that it can be customized for any size organization, any industry. It kind of puts you on the right path. Uh, And the first step, you know, it's always to think about, and this is how I describe it to leadership teams as well. You think about it as a journey. Um, In any journey, you have to identify, first of all, where you are and you identify where you want to go to. And that's what the framework first does. Uh, The first step is take stock of where you are um, in terms of your digital maturity and readiness, um, where you are in terms of your industry developments, your competitive landscapes, the trends that are impacting your business not just today, but also two or three years down the line, the kinds of customers that you're serving, uh, the kinds of customers you intend to serve in the future, and the longevity of your business model as well. Um, So testing the current environment of your business and understanding, you know, does this business uh, need to change? If so, where does it need to go in the future? And then we set a, the next step is really around disruptive visioning. So really coming in from inside out perspective and trying to define a vision for your organization, where you need to get to um, and what your organization needs to be doing in three to five years. And I say three to five years simply because the market is very dynamic today. In three to five years, you can see organizations completely crumble as well as uh, startups become billion dollar businesses. Mm-hmm. That is really the market we're playing in today. Um, and so driving this kind of vision of where you need to be in three to five years in order to really sustain your, your presence in the market. And then defining a roadmap, a strategic roadmap around what needs to get done. And not just from a technology implementation perspective, but really looking at building blocks around what do you need to be doing with your customer base to create those hyper-personalized um, you know, connections with them that's going to connect them to your organization and brand in the long term? Looking at your product and service portfolio, are you producing the right things? And should you be doing something different or offering something different for the digital environment as well? And then looking at your employee base or your organizational environment, your operational environment. Are you doing things in the most uh, effective and um, efficient way? Do your people in the organization have the right skill sets? 
and all of these kind of questions around organization structure and also your business model. Um, is this the revenue stream that's going to last you in the longer term? Can you create more revenue streams? A simple example to that is many organizations today do sit on a massive amount of data and data can be monetized if you are able to understand how to do that or how best to do that. And so these are elements that, you know, we can find new revenue streams and new ways for, for companies to monetize. So once we create that roadmap, we prioritize it and we look at, you know, companies typically work with a limited set of resources and investment. So where should you be putting your time and money and people? Mm -hmm. What's the best returns you can find? And then finally, we go into the implementation of those elements. So the, the whole process takes between, you know, three to six months, but we do end up typically working with companies up to two to three years, because this is really an evolution process. It's a journey. And every time I work with organizations, they're almost surprised that, okay, this is something you know, we need to keep going because we're finding results now. Let's keep going on this journey. And so this is something I absolutely love though, because you get stuck in, you get really into, you know, with the organization, you go on this journey with them and you see the proof to the pudding basically at the end. Right, because and I mean, you're thinking three or six months. Oftentimes, people are thinking, "Oh no, that's going to be too long." But then, when they start to take the steps, and I'm going to assume they're starting to see the light and saying, "Wow, this is more." Um, and you know, they're seeing the impact of the actions that you would have, um, you know, suggested that they implement, and then wanting, okay, if this is working so well, you know, what next and what next? So let's talk a little bit about those six traits that. So you really. Like you said, you go, uh, there's two things that you said, Kamalis, which I love, you, you know, inside out, which is like, we have to, we have to look and see really, and you have to be really truthful, I think, going through this process about, um, you know, I mean, love the fact that I created this product, but when, when you kind of go through this analysis, you're realizing it's taking this much hours and the re revenue stream is really, you know, you're always pumping air into it and it's not so good. So you have to really be willing and, and to be transparent with what is. Another thing you talked a little bit about is the leadership and what leaders need to do to connect to the customer. And I, I want to talk more about this. I think that's very, very vital. Um, like you said, with, with things like social media, you know, I if I have a bad experience today and I put something on and I've got a big enough following, I can quite quickly disrupt uh, something within a company, right? So we have a lot of power as the consumer. So let's in the book, you talked about those six traits because you said, you know, it's the it's a vision, right? Like everybody has to buy into the vision, but the it starts with the CEO or the senior team. So tell me how you kind of work with them. Let you know, you might have a CEO that that thinks, uh, Lardians Associates, we we definitely want to work with you, but you know, with teams that have been working together for a long time, there's history, there's disconnections, there's people that have. Um, some implicit power that we may or may not know about, or there's alliances, all that stuff. So with, with, C, with CEOs that you've worked well with, meaning that let's say they're a good CEO or somebody with that can transform, but they're working with a difficult kind of senior team. What is your approach with, with uh, an environment like that? So I, I, first of all, I think to preface that um, leadership teams, you know, many companies, let me start with this. Many companies do approach digital transformation with a technology team or a transformation team. Um, and one of the biggest challenges with that is you can take the transformation to a certain level, to a project or initiative implementation level. But in order to really benefit from digital transformation, you need to transform organization wide. 
And something that I personally experienced and had to learn was I had to first transform as a leader in order to initiate transformation in organizations. And this was something that uh, was, you know, with any transformation, with any journey that we go on. And I think you have this detailed out in your book as well, which I found really refreshing because we had a really nice alignment to the work that, you know, that I do on the ground with the customers as well. Um, really transforming it means looking at yourself, your leadership style, your approach in an organization, um, the way you are, you know, how self-aware you are, but also how you connect with um, your team, how you motivate teams. And this is something I had to learn by doing, right? Going through that transformation process myself. Uh, and so today I do a lot of digital mindset coaching for leadership teams and board members. And this means, you know, oftentimes I'll be very honest, they are older men <laughs> who lead organizations. And it is very interesting because we do tend to have very different perspectives. We come from a completely different mindset. Um, and one of the experiences I had during COVID was um, I was doing a coaching with a person from, you know, who had 35, 40 years experience in leadership. Um, and he had never led an organization where people were not physically present. And so he broke down in tears because this was extremely challenging, right? For someone who had a secretary who did most of his digital interactions. And now he would have to face this on his own and kind of lead people and lead teams. It meant letting go of control. It meant trusting people uh, beyond your physical space. So these kinds of transformations, um, and you know, what I did with him was we entered into the, the virtual reality space, metaverse, and we did our coaching sessions in there. And he completely forgot that we were not physically together in the same room. Um, and so this was, I think, an eye-opening moment because he realized, okay, technology has the ability to extend our capabilities. If we use it in, in the right way, we know how to use it. We can go beyond Zoom. We can go into a space where we feel like we're connected with right. one another. It's right. almost, you know, uh, almost reality, I would say. So one of the things I do with leadership teams uh, in the formal project environment is really to look at stakeholder analysis. And I can tell you from experience, there's always one person in the room who doesn't buy it. <laughs> who doesn't buy it. Just, just one. Always, I, I found that sometimes it's a least, couple. <laughs> at least, at least one. And it's usually either the head of, of technology or, you know, the, the head of HR or something like this. Somehow the trends are, you know, undeniable. Um, but a stakeholder analysis helps to understand, you know, who the people are in the room, what kind of influence they have, who do I need to connect with to get buy-in and to empower, to transform. Um, and I do work very closely with leadership teams because even if you come in from the, the roots, right, from the ground up to transform a company, leadership teams drive the real transformation. It is the top-down that can implement organization-wide change. You need that top-down mandate. And a, a big part of that means taking people on this journey. Leadership teams need to transform. And what I've found in my experience, and maybe you can share your experience in this as well, um, you can't transform unless you're ready to. Right. And this is where I choose my battles. There are some leadership teams that are you know, ready to go on that journey with us to transform the organization. And there are other team members who might say, we just want to implement a project. Mm -hmm. And then it's they're not ready and it's not the time. And so this this is really a journey. It's an evolution. We go on this journey with the company as far as their readiness is, and we take them to the next step as far as they want to go. But you can't force this transformation either. Um, within the book, I do detail a couple of things that I've observed 
leadership teams business leaders need to have in the digital future. So I've detailed those out as six traits for leadership for future organizations. And this involves one of the key things is really abundance thinking or abundance mindset. And that is being able to think beyond your current boundaries, current industry boundaries, current business boundaries, current physical boundaries. We have now with new technologies, the ability to enter new markets, to, you know, even startups can have on day one of business access to a global marketplace. So our traditional industry boundaries, you know, our, our physical boundaries as well. You don't need a branch to enter a market. You don't need a physical office. Companies can exist virtually and still be a million dollar business. And so these traditional boundaries are no longer valid. And business leaders need to be able to think beyond those boundaries and understand that technology creates those seamless existence as well. The other element is really around empowering people, being able to um, trust that your teams can do what they are meant to do and empowering them to do it. And a good amount of this is, um, you know, understanding that failure is a learning, a learning process, uh, that you have to develop with failure. Without failure, you don't learn. And this is a key element that many corporates don't tend to embrace. I would say um, the next element is around consciousness and empathy, which is really, really important to be aware of your around your surroundings, to be aware of why people do what they do and why people behave in the way they behave. And what I've learned is resistance to change usually comes from an element of fear, fear of uh, losing control, fear of not knowing something or not understanding something, fear of becoming irrelevant in the tech environment. And so understanding this and having empathy towards it and having an understanding for how we can take people on that journey, you know, you can learn new skills. It's not difficult to learn. You have to shift the way you look at your role. All of these kinds of, of things need empathy and a certain amount of vulnerability to connect with people. Um, looking at uh, flexibility and adaptability, we've seen a lot of that during the COVID environment, which is the next element. Um, so within COVID, many businesses were able to pivot and transform and very quickly shift and adapt to the new environments, which is the non-physical space. Um, and also closeness to customers, which is something you mentioned. What I found very surprising uh, is most C-level executives don't have direct interactions with their customer base. Mm -hmm. And they you know, rely on HR or marketing teams or even sales teams to get an understanding for the people on the ground. Um, and this is, this is, I think, this should change. Uh, we see many organizations now taking their C-levels to branches to connect with customers, you know, on-site really to understand how people use their products and services, what their needs are, what is the problem space. And I think this connection makes these leadership teams more human as well uh, and more accessible. So these are some uh, great examples I'd like to see more corporates uh, incorporate. And the last one is, for, of course, courage and conviction. Transformation, digital transformation can be a really tough process. And you need people who are bold enough to initiate and to stick with it and to drive that change. So those are the elements that I detail out in the book. Well, I, th I think to your point, right, you can only take a team as far as they're willing to go. And I, I say sometimes it's pockets of work that you do. <laughs> you do it, you can only take them along for that far. And then if there's, you recognize the next steps that they need to make and you're getting massive pushback, um, then that means they're really not, they're not ready to take the next step of the journey. And you have to say that to them. You know, I think we've done, you know, really good work together. This is where I think we need to go. Uh, this is my sense of what I'm getting from your environment. 
you know, you need to reflect on this and give me direction because of course, you, you know, it's like, you'd be doing that tug of war um, to what end, and then you're not going to be able to create the change. And then that's the legacy of you being in the environment and you want to leave on that note that you've done mm-hmm. the part that you agreed to. This was such a great interview that we decided to turn it into a two-part series. Be sure to tune in next week for part two, so you don't miss out on the amazing content. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxannederhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.